episode has been now but it's the first time i ever forgot to turn on the microphone that's cool just talking into the nothingness um you have a third gun sitting here oh yeah i do you've been using it i haven't amanda used it like um you don't ever use it i use it a couple times you like it it's all right it's just kind of like taking a hammer to your muscles yeah it's just i don't know i don't really it, it's cool, but I don't like a lot of people. It has a lot of hype. It's like I don't get why it's. It just kind of like hurts, like for whatever reason we've been conditioned to think that if it hurts, it, it's <laughs> supposed to be good for you. I know, and that's not the way it's supposed to go. This is kind of productive. It's very kind of productive. So if your muscles hurt, the last thing you should do to them is cause more pain. Or you know, go at them with a handheld jackhammer. Basically, yeah. yeah. You should just stretch them out and stay warm. Yeah. Coming to you live from Ed's living room, you're listening to State Your Take with Ed and Aaron. That was a nice little drive coming over here today, man. Like, the sun was kind of out, but it was also kind of raining, you know? I thought the weather was weird today. Weather was very Texas today. Yeah, it was very Texas. Very I Texas weather today. What the fuck I wanted to do? Um, you gonna have? You gonna eat that cake pop? Go ahead. No, just open it. I'm it's, really hungry. Right no, it's fine, man. It's I know fine. you. Go. I'm telling you. Go ahead and just eat it. Like I can just turn your mic down. And you can just eat it. It's good. No, no eat I, the cake pop. It won't, I'm looking at it. I was like, it's not, it won't be enough. But you just got off of work. You just worked another weekend. Yeah. You had that last weekend off. That was like more sweet in retrospect than it definitely was definitely. at the time definitely you just handing out more vaccines well that that and also prescriptions because it's people are people getting covid and when they're not hospitalized they give them the medicine so they have they have to get they give them the medicine and they give it to a man of one prescription and they take it to the pharmacy yeah and they bring it to me and that's just on top of all the other prescriptions that you're passing out too right like for just like other conditions and right. diseases and shit like that. Uh, another shit. You yeah. Know. Well, that sounds like fun. It's not. It sounds like you are just having the ball over there. Man, I'm fucking tired. Okay. Well. Exhausted. Um, <laughs> that sounds terrible, honestly. It's, it's, I'm exhausted. It's a, it's a real bummer, dude, because I know that you work your fucking ass off, and it seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to this COVID shit. Man, look, dude. I, I, I give up on telling people what to do with the vaccine and stuff because at this point, you already know. Like, I don't. It's it's beating a dead horse at this point, man. I don't know why people like living in a hellscape. I just don't understand you know why uh, this holding on to, I guess, like these fantasy stories is more important than actually like moving forward. You know what we need is a documentary about how a vaccine 
is created. That's what we really need. No, we don't. We well, don't. here's the reason why. Here's the reason why I say this. It's because you remember how last summer when a bunch of white people decided that they were going to learn about black history in this country and they watched 13th, the Ava DuVernay documentary about yeah. the 13th Amendment and then all of a sudden the light bulb went off and they were like, oh my God, like I never even knew, I never realized that this was the world that we live in. And it was like, okay, yeah, great. That was, that was sweet. Like, thanks for watching that. We appreciate it. Imagine if we had like that version of the vaccine being created where people could watch it and be like, oh my God, that's the reason why it didn't take so long for them to create the vaccine. No, it won't work. You don't think so? Uh, no, it won't work because I think that you, I think that most of you people just want to have, want to have a dressed up way to say you hate needles. Like, you think they're just scared? I don't know if they're just scared or you're squeamish or whatever. I just think that this comes from most people just hate needles and trying to find a way to explain why you hate needles because of microchips and conspiracies and. You know the ironic part? Or whatever the fuck. You know the ironic part? The people that are scared of needles? Mm, uh, They have tattoos. You will have these prison tats done by ink and coat hanger and a lighter. Tattoos and and piercings. Just the most weird shit you'll have on your arm and be like, I'm scared of needles. Like, you think that I, I'm over? You think that ink is FDA approved? I don't have the energy to that even. Goes inter- skin? I don't have energy to entertain it at this point. I'm just like, do you want it or not? Mm-hmm. Do you want it or not? Don't come. I, I like. I'm not gonna sell it to you. I'm not gonna coach it for you. Like, if you haven't understood at this point by watching, you know, all the people, the num- all the death, you know, if you don't, if you haven't gotten it by then, what can I tell you that will make you? feel that way. I mean, you saw people are still dying from this shit. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing it. You want me to give you a pitch? I don't have a pitch. I don't. Do you want it or not? Get this or get COVID. Fucking pick one. I don't care. I think that is a pretty good slogan. Do you want it or not? Do you want it or not? Put it on a billboard. Get just get this vaccine or get COVID. Because at, at this point, those are your only options. And that's Um... Ugh. Let's talk about something that's not as, like, divisive. Please. I mean, is, is it divisive? Um, Do you want to live? No. I don't it think, shouldn't be divisive. I it shouldn't be political. I don't think it's divisive at it all. It shouldn't be political either. Like, I don't care. What, like, just why would you? However, it is divisive. But you know what's oh, not divisive? Okay. Is the state of Kentucky Fried Chicken. We got to talk about Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's not divisive. No. Because there was a time when Kentucky Fried Chicken led the country in fried chicken recipes, right? I'll say that. I'll say that even over Popeye's because there was a time when Popeye's wasn't popping the way that it is today. And, you know, if you weren't living in Louisiana or Texas or in the South, your go-to option for fast food fried chicken was KFC. And when your mom or your dad or your brother or sister would come home with KFC for dinner, it would be an exciting moment, right? You'd be like, oh, man. What's the original recipe? What was it? Like 13 seasons, 13 spices? Yeah, 13 herbs and spices. 13 herbs and spices. You got the mashed potatoes with the gravy, corn, green beans, and, of course, the biscuits, right? 
Yeah. And it was good. You enjoyed it. It's good food. And then something happened. I don't know what happened either. Something happened between the years of 1997 and 2004, <laughs> She just went left. And went hard left. Hard fucking left. Now what? I don't know what KFC actually is anymore. It's like this gummy chicken mm-hmm. that just, it tastes like every time I, it, it's like biting into a mistake. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have bitten that. That's, There's a KFC right by my crib and I drive past it all the time. I'm thinking, same. I should give it a shot. Right down the street. I should give it a shot. I should give it a chance, right? Mm-hmm. But just like you said, you know, the moment you take a bite out of it, you're going to regret it. It's like, fuck. I could have gone to Popeyes. Could have went to Popeyes. Hell, I could have even gone to churches. Now, churches, I've never enjoyed churches chicken. Okay. It's just too greasy. <laughs> it's be it's like they double fry their chicken over there. Which isn't a bad concept if you think about it. But the the execution of it yeah. is just egregious over there. <laughs> but KFC is owned by the same company that owns Taco Bell and Pizza Hut. <laughs> And I think we can all agree that at one point we enjoyed these establishments for dining. Pizza Hut, yes. Taco Bell, I don't know. I think, well, my younger probably did. I yeah. mean, I lie. Yeah. My younger probably did. Yeah, definitely. Because I remember going my younger probably definitely for the grande meal mm-hmm. with me and my buddy Matt back in high school and just powering through a grande meal in between classes and then at a very young age learning what the itis was. Because it's just that ground beef and, and Mexican pizza was just sitting on my stomach. Just sleeping in class. Just sleeping in the class with some cinnamon twists. And then... You ever, you ever fall asleep in class and do like that violent, like violent wake up where you shake your desk and shit? Dude, I remember falling asleep in <laughs> class and learning that I drooled when I slept because there was a puddle of saliva on my desk. Oh, same. That was a horrific experience. Yeah, because you try to, you can't, you wipe it off, try to wipe it off. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. And then you're facing like the girl that you have a crush on, and she sees you just the saliva just coming out of the side of your pool. There's nothing worse than that. There's nothing worse (laughs) than that. But they all are owned by the same company, and they all have like this immense fall off from Grace. Yeah. Do you remember what Pizza Hut used to be dope? Like you go in to the Pizza Hut, they used to have like a buffet, you used to have a salad bar. Yeah, salad bar too. And then you'd have like the booth seating with the green lights. Yeah. And then you just that. like, you had their personal pan pizza. They come out, it's piping hot, it's delicious. The, 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 the dough itself is very like thick. It's almost like Chicago style or Detroit style. Yeah. And you're just like, what gets better than this? Like, what, how is it better? You got the book, the, what was it, the club, the book club. Book it? Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. They had that in there. They had the arcade games. That was the first time I ever played Double Dragon. Was in the Pizza Hut. Yeah, I remember that. It was like it was. A, it was a pizza parlor. It was a pizza parlor. It was a hut that they served pizza in. Yeah. And then and what happened? Then at some point they just started getting rid of the dining the dining spots. Like there was all of them got rid of the dining spots. You can't go into a pizza hut anymore. You can, but you have to walk in and get your pizza and walk right out. Yeah, you can't <laughs> get in there. You can't. You can't dine in. You can eat it in the lobby like a weirdo. <laughs> you want to know how? You want to know how Pizza Hut gets back into everybody's good graces? What? Reopen the dining hall. Here with that. I mean, look. You got to bring back the old recipes. You got to bring back Book It. They're not doing all that though, because they're making my money right now. Like they they, they got to pay Craig Robinson. <laughs> like he's not cheap. Remember when we talked about how the millennials are the generation of nostalgia? 
Yeah. We all have kids now. Mm-hmm. Dog. I feel you. I feel you. Dog. But I'm telling you, Craig Robertson is not cheap. And I'm saying, like, the money will come. Like, the money resides in the pockets of millennials. Maybe right you now. can maybe you can do it like in a couple chains. Like maybe you can't do it. You can't you can't have all of them. Because first off, there's one on like every third corner. You're right. So you can have a piece of pie on every third corner. You can you can do, I would say like I don't know, pick one in twenty. Yeah, you got to do like flagships. Yeah, some flagships, and then just maybe if you want to reincorporate, do it that way. But you can't just put like you know all of them in a piece of pie because even. Most pizza chains don't even have pizza parlors in them, really. You can't really just walk into most pizza places anymore. But you know what I'm saying, though. Like, but I hate, I, I hate you. You, you. you open up a pizza parlor in Pizza Hut again, I'm there tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm there every Friday. But are you going there to get, like, you know, just like a stuffed crust pizza or pizzone? Maybe. I, I might try one of everything on the menu. You never know. I mean, because, but, but we know that Pizza Hut's pizza is like mid at this point, it's very mid. Yeah, but so that's the thing. at that point though, it's about the experience. You so, know what I mean? So you just want to experience a mid pizza mm-hmm. indoors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got you. I want that old feeling back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what? I didn't even ask you how your week was. I mean, I think I pretty much summed it up with me just telling you about me working. That's that was, that was my week. Yeah, me working was my week. Dealing with people. Did you do anything else? Um, I laughed at kids going back to school. Oh yeah, that's funny. Like I like it's funny to, um, you know, watch parents shuffle their kids off. Yeah, dude. And well, it's not. It's funny, but not funny because it's weird that I go back to school now. I think that people. I think that some parents want their kids to go back to school in the middle of a pandemic because you just don't like them. Like I don't know. I mean, I know that you want to have them have their classroom experience mm-hmm. i know it's important i can't say that it's not but at the same time i can say that you probably don't like them that much if you're sending them out in the pandemic yeah instead of having to be homeschooled because there are a lot of parents that are just they're just saying when you get our kids back to school and i'm just like man you must really not like that kid someone posted on twitter an advertisement from uh it must have been like the mid 80s maybe late 70s of it was like um ah oh fuck it was like a morality it was like a christian newsletter mm-hmm. and it was like the morality monthly or something like that that sounds awful and it was a photo of a, a a family a white family all wearing masks to protect them from aids <laughs> for me yeah and it said <laughs> and it said the the homosexual disease is ruining american or traditional families <laughs> and there was a discussion in the thread about how they used to not have problems wearing masks or sending their kids off <laughs> wearing masks when they thought that the AIDS was going to be the problem. <laughs> Even though AIDS isn't an airborne disease. That's so funny, though. Or anything like that. But the whole family just wearing masks. Whole, mar- home, whole family afraid of AIDS wearing masks. Oh, uh, so homophobia. Yeah, right. Um, did you watch any cool TV? Oh man, I watched uh, I watched Untold, the documentary about the Malice, Malice in the Palace, the Palace on Netflix, right? Yeah, which one of probably the greatest sporting events slash fiascos I've experienced in my lifetime. Really has taken a change in the narrative in the past few years. Like, I mean, we're coming up on what year seventeen? The thing about of it? the the interesting thing about that um, 
that story and the narrative of it is that I've never been on the other side of that narrative when I saw it. You were on the side of the players the entire time. Like yeah. I never, I, I, I never, because I just, because my first thought when I saw Ron Artest laying on the on the scores table mm-hmm. and a beer flying at Ron Artest, my thing is like, who in the fuck would throw a beer at Ron Artest? Someone who thought they wouldn't get caught. Like, why would anyone do that? When it happened, I remember watching it live. I don't know why I was watching a Detroit Pistons-Indiana Pacers game live on television, but I think it was just because of maybe playoff implications. That that and also, I think the year before, they these were Easter Conference finalists. So this was right. an Easter Conference rematch. This was a big deal. So I remember yeah. watching it live, and I remember watching it unfold, and then the game just like stopping and just watching ESPN afterwards and everybody was just like, this is the most disgraceful thing I've ever witnessed. And you're just like, okay, wow, yeah, this is a really big deal. Like, this is something that's going to, like, we might not ever see Ron Artest play basketball again. We might not ever see Jermaine O'Neal or Steven Jackson play basketball again. Like, that was kind of the narrative that floated around. And then recently, in the past few years, we've kind of lightened up a little bit on it because we've seen fans act in just despicable ways. I want to say like never more has gotten more towards getting it right. I mean, yeah, because but we see fans act in despicable ways, right, these days. Like we see people throwing popcorn at Russ and spitting on Trey Young and running onto the field and all this shit like that. Yeah. And and saying despicable things to them on Twitter and you're just like, you know what? Sometimes you do need to get your ass whooped by some of these players. Yeah. And that's just, a, that's just the truth of it. It was it, it was I enjoyed watching it over and over and over again. I, so, what did you think of the documentary, though? I thought it was good. I mean, I thought that it, it just kind of said everything that I thought, though. It was just, it just kind of brought everything back to full circle that you know they were trying to um, steer this thug narrative mm-hmm. about you know these basketball players. But and honestly, like what I saw was the Pistons fans attacked. The, the team, the Indiana Pacers team, like that's mm-hmm. what I saw. I don't like. I don't know how else you see it. I mean, you you came down onto the floor where the Pacers were, and you were accosting the players. They so aside, and and even even the person that went into the stands was was provoked by someone throwing a drink at them. Refresh my memory. Were there a lot of people in the stands that night? A lot of them. Because I I kind of remember it being a slightly empty arena. Oh, that's because. The Pacers were given the Pistons at work. So they left early, right? Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah I think yeah. they were okay. about 15 at right. one point. Okay. Like the Pacers were giving them the business. That's right, yeah. Yeah. So the that Pacers were also sense. really good that year. Both teams were really good that year. And that ended up being like Reggie Miller's last year because mm-hmm. he, because after everyone retired, everyone like got spent, he was like, oh, well, <laughs> That's, that was it's it like, for me. Yeah, he's like, you didn't have a chance to winning. That was it for me. Like, so that was this, it. Because he had, because they could have made a run. Mm-hmm. Because a prime Jermaine O'Neal was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Prime Martin Tess was also really, really good. Mm-hmm. You saw Reggie Miller still playing there. Mm-hmm. They had a really good team, yep. and they could have made a run. And then you suspended it. Like, yeah, like, like your every, top three players. They're suspended for most of the season. So yeah. at that, so I feel bad for Reggie because like that was his. If he had any chance to get a ring, that was it. That it was just, as close as he, kind of, he probably came. It just goes to show you that you can't put all your eggs in one basket. Like you can't have you, the best player on your team also be the biggest goon on your team. 
Like you gotta have you gotta separate this this is a page that NBA needs to take from hockey. You need to have your goons here's the thing, though. on the fourth line, and then you need to have your aces on the first but, line. No, here's the thing though. I that sounds good. But the thing was like these these players shouldn't have been uh, spent in the first place. Let's, that's where we got to start because they they should not have been spending for a season for defending themselves. So uh, okay, so let's go back to two thousand and four. You're the commissioner of the NBA. What is your ruling at the end of this? Um, my ruling at the end of this is at the end of everything. Like, I mean, we got all the at, facts at the end of Malice at the Palace. You got all the facts. You've investigated into it. You haven't made an official decision yet. Now you're going to have a press conference. We're banning. We're banning the fans that came on the floor. Oh, I thought you were just banning fans. No, we're banning the fans that came on the floor. We're banning the fans that um, that were caught in any like direct interaction with the players. Uh, how? How do? Okay, just a quick question. How do they do that? How do they know who the fans were? Oh, you have cameras. They have cameras everywhere. Cameras everywhere, right? But they have like everywhere. You have to like really do some investigation. Yeah, yeah, you got to investigate for sure. Okay, right. You got to investigate for sure. So yeah, you ban you ban the fans that are, that cost any players. Um, I think honestly though, like you, I think you have to discipline Ron Hess and Stephen Jackson because they went into the stands. What's the discipline? What are you doing? Uh, I give them like I give them a week. A week suspension. I give them a week. That's I, like one game. I'll give them a week. <laughs> I'll give them a week because the thing is, is like they were provoked. A fine? Five hundred dollars. Actually, you know what? Fuck the week. I'm just giving them a fine. Five hundred dollars. I'm giving them a fine. I'm just just finding them. Like, there's no suspension. Just fine. Finding them. I'm giving them a fine. I'm giving. I'm giving them a fine. All right. Um, uh, let's make it to the thousands. Thousand. Like tens of thousands. A ten thousand dollar fine. Something like that. Okay. For jumping into the stands. I mean, because you 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 were provoked, but you still can't go into the stands though. Gotcha. Looking for cut time. Gotcha. So you gotta say something like, "Look, man, you can't go into the stands." A game check. You're finding them yeah. for a game check, essentially. Basically, like gotcha. you can't go into the stands. Okay. So that's what we're doing. So we're giving them a fine. Um. That's it. Like no other players that were accosted. Wow. Like, any player that's on the floor that got accosted by a fan. You're defending yourself. Gotcha. You're defending yourself. Gotcha. gotcha. So the thing, I mean, that means Jermaine O'Neal is not suspended at all. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we should actually boost Jermaine O'Neal's pay given that one punch that he landed. He asked, and the things he slipped. When he came off, it's, that's like one of the most beautiful pieces of art I think I've ever seen. It's great, right? He runs from off camera. <laughs> He's not even the frame. Throws a punch and then slips in the process. And it's just like, and still folds, dude. Still folds them. Like you could put, you need to put um, "Father, stretch my hands" underneath that, <laughs> just like they do with everything. And you'll have like a, a piece of NIT or NT. What is it? Fucking what is the NFT? Yeah, the art that you bid on, like the fucking crypto, or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I think that's good. I'm definitely gonna watch it. I haven't really. Um, I watched Blood Red Sky. This is movie on Netflix about a vampire that is on an airplane that is being hijacked and she has to like essentially like she gets revenge on the fucking hijackers. Wow. Um didn't really like it that much. <laughs> like it sounds like a movie that I'm going to love. It sounds it sounds like a very like campy type of thing. Very campy. It sounds it, it like it was honestly the reason why I didn't like it wasn't due to any of the performances or how it was shot or anything like that. It was just really boring. Like imagine that. Huh. Like it was a boring it was it was two hours. It could have easily been ninety minutes. 
I don't know what I would have cut out of it, but there's a point in the movie where Boring. she's a vampire. Like she's she's in full vampire mode and she's not like I don't know. It was just the mythology of the vampire. Like she seemed very weak so, as a vampire. Uh, uh, so it's boring. I would never. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I wow. wouldn't. Say, I wouldn't say don't watch it, but I would say go into it with really low expectations. Hmm. I also watched What If. Yeah. This is the first uh, first episode of the Marvel Studios animation um, from the What If series, where they basically just take the characters that you know and love and put them in a different universe. And this first episode, we got Agent Carter, Peggy Carter, from Captain America. And we made her Captain Captain, England. Captain Carter. Captain Carter. Captain Captain England. Captain Carter. And it was amazing. Pretty fucking dope. It was amazing. It was a dope concept. Like, I liked it. Animation was great. Yeah. Dope concept. Dope Voice acting got Haley Atwell and Sebastian Stan to reprise their roles as Peggy Carter and Bucky. Um, and basically, we got that first Captain America movie with her as the lead. Yeah, and she was kicking ass. She had fucking shoulders. She was <laughs> she was running. She fucking suplexed the car. She did suplex the car. Like it was it was really enjoyable. I had, I had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah, man. I'm really looking forward to these next episodes. Marvel's, and Marvel's doing, Marvel's just doing a lot of kinds of crazy stuff. And keep in mind, again, it's all canon. It's so all canon. When, you know, we open up this multiverse in these movies, there's a chance that we see a live action Captain Carter. Captain Carter. Because like, it's all canon. Because it's all canon. And we're opening up to these timelines, dude. So dope. So it's going to be fun, man. These next few years, if we're alive to see them. <laughs> Are going to be really a lot of fun. Um, let's talk about this this lawsuit from uh, Dominion uh, Voting Systems. Voting Systems, who are trying to just collect bags in the billions range from anyone and anyone, anyone and everyone. They're that said, running them pockets. Yeah, for anyone and anyone Run that said that their the vote the um the election was fraudulent. Shits. They are um they hit Newsmax and OAN with a 1.6 billion dollar suit defamation suit for basically all the talking heads on one American network news network saying that the election was fraudulent. Yeah. Saying that the voting was rigged. And they're coming back and saying, like, listen, our system is top of the line. It is airtight. There was nothing rigged about this election. You need to shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down. Yeah. They also have a lawsuit against Fox News. They have a lawsuit against a bunch of people, right? They have a lawsuit against Sidney Powell, uh, the, the lawyer that said Lisa Kraken, and they just, they, they just replied, run them pockets. Yeah. Uh, Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani, who um, famously came out and said in support of the voter fraud, you know, yeah, election so was was like, written on that shit. They're like, cool, running in pockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I think the guy from Overstock.com. Yeah, the CEO they, who's CEO a big Trump Overstock, supporter. Yeah, cool, running in pockets. The My Pillow guy, also a big Trump supporter, running in pockets. Mm-hmm. Yep, like it's all for the billions. 
Yeah, they 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 haven't filed a suit for anything less than like one point three billion dollars. Yeah, it's all for the billions. They like we not about these amps. We want these billions. And they have a handful of suits out there too. A lot of them. So I mean, even if only one sticks, they're not even trying to like negotiate with anyone. Like you ever see them any statements saying that our 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 these are these are lies or whatever. They're just like, nah, we're just gonna make these, we're gonna take them to court, and they go run these pockets. We're gonna get. All these coins. The thing is that, like, they're going to win these cases. They're going to win something for sure. Like, because either they settle or whatever. Like, there's no evidence to saying that these. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Like, they. Someone was saying that one of the machines was hacked by Hugo Chavez. I'm like, I'm definitely gonna. I'm definitely gonna get some money out for this. Like, this. It's 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 lunacy. Mm-hmm. And. I just like that they're making, that they're not trying to negotiate with lunacy. They're just like, we're just gonna make you pay for this shit. This is crazy, dude. Like, I'm really gonna be paying attention to they, this. Are they just been like ever since the election? They've just been filing lawsuits, and they'll they'll come out like every two three months. There'll be someone else they're gonna sue, and it'll be for the billions again. And you know what's kind of great about this too, is that in another four years, if they still have people claiming that the elections are fraud, they can just re up. That's, down, that's, and that's what they're doing. They're just like, look, man. That's I think that's the part of what this is. They're just like, look, if you want to talk that shit, yeah, that's fine. But we will, but we will come knocking, and we will have our hands out. Like you better got to pay up. That's, so if you want to talk that shit, can you imagine? Like if your whole entire salary for your entire company was just paid off of a one lawsuit. I mean, that's, that's crazy. That's what they're shooting for. That's I mean, I ain't for. mad at them. I really I'm not, not mad. At them. I'm not really a big fan of like. Companies or people being very litigious. I think, in but this in case, this sense, yeah, I think in this case, I think when you're dealing with people that are just known to spin all kinds of bullshit, mm-hmm. you have no choice. It's like yeah. I, I, I got to take you to a arena that where things have to make sense. Yeah, you got to take them to where it hurts. Like you can't, I, I, I can't, I can't fight this war with you in the public because where's that going to get me? Plus, how great would it be to bankrupt Rudy Giuliani in this way? Like, what a fall from grace, huh? Right. What a fall from fucking grace. Especially, oh man, just thinking about like, well, we'll talk about it in a second. Let's just go ahead and transition. Next month, we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And do you know what we get for our involvement in this whole shit? Mm -hmm. We get Taliban taking over Afghanistan. Um, This news broke today. Afghanistan president... Ashraf Ghani relinquished his power to an interim government led by the Taliban commander Mullah Abdul Ghani Baradar. Um, he said, in order to avoid the bloodshed, I thought it was best to get out, Ghani said in a statement. Officials toyed, told Reuters and the Associated Press that President Ghani fled Afghanistan for Tajikistan and is expected to travel to a third country. Uh, the Pentagon authorized a thousand additional troops to Afghanistan to help with the evacuation, boosting the overall number to six thousand troops in Afghanistan. The U.S. Embassy in Kabul has suspended all operations and told Americans to shelter in place, saying it has received reports of gunfire at the international airport, according to the Associated Press. Um. This is fucking crazy. Yeah. This it's is, weird that we're there now again. Yeah. Um, we basically have like 
20 years of evidence that you can't just run up in a country, guns a-blazing, and expecting change to just happen like that. Yeah. Like, especially when, you know, we're entirely responsible for this. Like, we're entirely responsible. Like, we gave the Afghan weapons to fight against Russia in their little war that they had. I shouldn't even say little war. I'm not going to try to diminish it. But we gave them the, the weapons, right? Mm-hmm. We gave them the support. And then we just left them there. Like, <laughs> Russia came through and just busted up schools and hospitals and homes. And we were like, yeah, we'll give you guns. And we'll give you, like, rockets. <laughs> and we'll give you tanks and shit like that to fight back against them because we still had beef with the Soviet Union. Yeah. Right? But then when it came time to rebuild Afghanistan... Yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, they were like, ah, you guys are okay, right? Yeah, good. You good? You good? You good? You guys okay over there? Ah, you good. They weren't good. They were not good. They were mad. They were big mad. And then it took them, you know, like what, 10, 15 years to plot that that attack on New York City? And then here we are. It's all over. We're back, back into shit all over again. So, you know, I guess whatever, man. I think I guess now that they're just watching us do our own terrorist to ourselves instead of going over doing it, they're just like, "Oh, they got this." And you know what? They're like, you good? You know what? <laughs> they watch. They watch. They watch. They're like, "You good? We? You good? We truly earned ah, that. You good? We truly earned that, man. Like we basically deserve. They, ter- they terrorize themselves over there. Yeah, we deserve that. This shit. is fine. I'm not perverted. <laughs> I'm just Italian. I have Parmesan cheese and olive oil running through my veins and it causes me to do unspeakable things to women in public. But you can't hold that against me. I'm Italian. Because I use oregano and basil to as my forms of fragrance. This man, Andrew Cuomo, is an absolute menace to society. <laughs> And he needs to be stopped and arrested and charged for all of his crimes. It's 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 crazy to watch. I know that older men have been taught ways to handle themselves around women that may be hard to unlearn sometimes. But at the same time, it's just you know that this isn't at this point. You know better now. You can't say things like, I'm just Italian. Like, yeah, it's not okay. What I learned from a few people was that Italians, like people over in Italy, mm-hmm. like this is custom for them. For what? For them to like touch women and kiss women and like be overly physical and aggressively physical with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's like just like a thing that they think is like romantic or cute or whatever like that. But I've heard it from a couple of women that have spent time over there that it is very much an Italian man thing to be overly touchy. Yeah, but are they okay with it though? No, nobody's okay with it. That's what I'm saying. Nobody's okay that's with kinda, it. That's, that's where it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. No, it is. Absolutely. It's gross and I don't get it. And I don't get like how people can't see that, you know, the guy's a creep. He's been accused of being a creep. 
he's very much got evidence of him being creepy to people. Yeah. So like there's there doesn't need to be much more discussion. I think if I think if he even like approached differently, you know, like if he even approached like how he instead of trying to defame the people that are accusing him of it, you know, if you really thought that you did something, if you really thought that you didn't know what you were doing, then I don't think you react that way either. Mm-hmm. So even I feel like even this defense of saying he's Italian still, like even though you say that people Italian Italy are like that, I don't think that he's like that. Like I think that he knows he's doing some wrong shit. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I think he's probably using that as maybe like some kind of way out. But honestly, it's just, nah, man, you can't. Like the way that you reacted to those women when they came forth against you, mm-hmm. to try to make that, try to legitimize your story. You know, that to me was, uh, that to me, I think this would be anyone, a reflect to anyone that, you know, you can't just use like, oh, I'm Italian as a like, way out. Like, I think you know you're doing something wrong. Yeah. I'm still going to eat Italian food, though. Yeah, because it doesn't, you know, I don't I, like I. I've never had a bowl of spaghetti that like molested, molested anyone or mm. fondled anyone. I don't think you went to an Italian restaurant recently, didn't you? I did where'd you go? I, did. I went to Potente. Potente. Yeah. How was it? It's great to have like this truffle spaghetti. Truffle spaghetti. It's they, they shave truffle flakes on top of it. Oh my god, it's very baller. Can I ask how much that costs? I forgot actually. Okay. But it's really it's just delicious. It was it was worth it. It's definitely worth it. It's was delicious. it a was it a full portion? No, it was it was we it was Houston restaurant week, so they okay. kind of gave you like smaller portions of it. Okay, but yeah, but it was good though, man. What else did you have there? Did you have any wine? We did have. I had some wine, and like, I got really sleepy. So you, you get sleepy when you drink wine. Yeah, this night I did for sure. Yeah, because I was just like, I got the fuck out here. Like, I gotta go home. I was like, <laughs> It was six o'clock in the, in that night. It was like eight or nine. Oh, I don't know okay. what the fuck it was. It was like I, I just had to get the fuck out of there. I was tired. Yeah, quickly. Did you have any dessert? Did I have dessert? Oh, I had like a. I had like a. It was like a. It was like a um, a, a, a three layer chocolate cake or something like that. It was pretty good. Three layer chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. It's pretty basic. It's pretty basic, but uh, it, it was, the way it was cut and what they used to make it was less than basic. Mm. So it was yeah. okay. That sounds awesome, man. I enjoyed it. What's the name of the place again? Polente? Potente. Potente. Okay, sweet. I'm going to check that out. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I want to, though. Um, Bit of a sad story. Not a bit. A sad story. Um, this Bank of America executive victim of domestic violence. Um, her ex-boyfriend is accused of beating her to death at her California home. Um, the woman was Michelle Annette Avon, she was 48, and um, her son was the one that found her um, in the home. Um, this came across your timeline, and this is kind of a story that I feel like would make bigger news if we weren't currently living in the firestorm that we're living in, right? But, um, this is a pretty this is a pretty big deal for all intents and purposes, right? I think so. Um, apparently, this woman was a leader in the community. Like, she was a pretty prominent figure. Um, she wasn't one of those people that just kind of used... I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. You don't really know her. But it's, it seems like she was um, the kind of person that was very involved in the development of talent. And she was very outspoken on getting a, a good... A good core of people yeah um in the the company mm-hmm. um 
I don't know, man. What do you think? I just think, I just think that uh, I think that it's to me it was just striking how how it's sad that like you know how no matter how high a woman can get in terms of like her career and you know her and her accomplishments that she could still just be a fall victim to domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Like that was the thing. That, like she, she was like what a, a Bank of America like executive, pretty high up. Yeah, a company, and, and and you're doing all these things, and still like, just because your boyfriend's your boyfriend can't doesn't know how to control his feelings or his emotions, then you have to lose her life. Her boyfriend was arrested, um, and pled not guilty to the charges, but he's still in jail. Um, bail was set at two million dollars, so he's probably not going to be out. But. Um, yeah, we hope that um, we hope that this family gets justice for this woman because she looks like she was a very nice person. She had a kind smile. You can tell a lot by somebody's smile when they're um, when they're kind. So, rest in peace to her. Um, Haiti's going through it. Fucking president and the president's wife get shot in their home during a raid, right. and then just this last week they got hit with an earthquake. Earthquake. Um, but here's the thing, guys. Just like with um, the uh, shit, what were we talking about the last time? Oh, um, what were we talking about? Fuck. We, there, there are so many sad things that we they, they just yeah. get lost in the shuffle. A lot of sad things, man. Yeah, we're living in hell. Oh, that's <laughs> right. So if you like, remember when we were talking about um, the building in Miami? Oh yeah, that came down, and we were like, yeah. Oh, yeah, if you want to donate, just make sure you donate to this place. Well, same deal goes here, guys. If you are looking to donate to the Haitian um, relief from the earthquake, don't donate to the Red Cross. Because, again, um, that money may not actually be going to the efforts on the ground. So, if you want to, go to uh, visithaiti.com, okay? There's um, a write-up on the first page. It's right on the front page. And it gives you a list of actual organizations you can donate to and a little breakdown of the things that they do um, as well as a link to their website. Um, and those are the best ways to help Haiti right now. Yeah. Um, overall, one of the best things to do to visit, to, to help Haiti out and most of these countries out is just go visit Spend your tourism dollars if you can. Yeah. Not right now, though, of course, because... It's kind of an earthquake. Man, I may not have the best time. Well, yeah, and that, and it's like, you know, COVID. Yeah, and yeah. But <laughs> once we're out of this, in the next year or two... Or three. Or three. Or four. Do some, start doing some traveling. Yeah. Get that passport renewed. Start stamping it on some of these great nations. Don't give, and, and don't... And don't give your money to Sean King unless you want to pay for his clothing line because I know that... When I was coming up, and I saw figures like, like my, when I learned about people like Malcolm X, and learned about them, I just wonder like where, when are they going to come out with their own Air Jordans? Mm-hmm. That's what I well was hot on my mind. I I still can't believe that that fucking happened. Like I can't believe this man has the audacity. You can't. Well. <laughs> Honestly, a little like a, it's a little bit surprising. I can believe it a lot of it <laughs> because I remember when he started popping up and he was asking for donations and it was for like some sort of like 
I don't like some sort of charity for like education or shit like that, like some sort of outreach program or something like that, right? Yeah. And then it became like an educational program, mm-hmm. right? And then then it was like um it was like an entertainment like media group yeah. or something, right? And now it's streetwear. Streetwear, because that's what we want from Sean King. We want streetwear. Like that's I, what we're. That's what we're. That's what the streets are missing. Like I can't Photoshop or, or Adobe Illustrate like some sort of phrasing and put it and print it on a black T-shirt. Yeah, it's, and sell it. It is wild. As a matter of fact, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take all of Sean King's designs. I'm going to parody parody them, and I'm going to sell them on Amazon. That sounds. That sounds like a good idea. That sounds like a great idea. Sounds like it's an amazing idea. I mean, I need money. We do. You do need money. You need donations. I just. The grip is on both sides, man. On both sides. The grip is on both sides. Do you have an education for the week? I do. Um, I feel like sometimes too much, too much ambition can make you kind of, I don't know, be sad about what you haven't gotten to yet. Mm. You know, but I also think it's okay to appreciate how far you've come. You know, yeah. like sometimes you may not be where you want to be yet, but you also were a far place from where you started. I was like, I don't know, like I told you earlier, you probably can relate to this. If when you have clients that want to lose weight, mm-hmm. they want to go their goals like forty pounds or whatever, and they maybe got hard because they haven't gotten the forty pounds yet, but they probably lost fifteen. Right. You appreciate the fifteen you lost on the weight because you're on your way there. Right. You know, like you're doing better. You're doing a lot better now than what you were. Mm-hmm. It's okay just because you're not where you want to be doesn't mean you can't stop and appreciate how far you've come. Well said, sir. Very well said. You've been sitting on that one for a while, haven't you? Uh, maybe the middle of the week. Middle of the week, yeah. Yeah. Just sitting there, th- throwing a needle in someone's arm and thought like, you know what? I need to appreciate more where I'm at instead of where I want to be. Yeah. I feel that. Um, okay. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Check out our playlist on Spotify, the State Your Take list with Ed and Aaron. You can search for that, or you can check the link in the bio on the Instagram page. Um, link in the bio. Link in the bio. Uh, what else? Oh, check out um, Cult 45, No Redeeming Qualities, Worst of the Best Podcast, no Rede- uh, One Big Toilet, all of the Gamma Gators, the gators. on our network. The Gators. Out there gatoring. Um, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's it. You have anything else you want to say to the people? We love most of you. We don't care for the rest of you. Gator Productions.